Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to the new episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. I'm with the All-American. Yay. It's your boy, Ahmad Black. And the forever dapper professional, Dan. What's going on, boys? It's good to be back. Week two. Week hey. two. How y'all feeling? Y'all straight? We still early in the podcast season, week two. Yeah, we still early. We still early in our in our um, tenure in our in our new regime we got going on here, man. Uh, we had some weekend shenanigans from everybody. Uh, with the Gators in personally, how was y'all weekend, fellas? I had a, I had an awesome weekend, man. I did nothing literally. Watched the rain, you know. Gainesville stay raining, man. It was rainy here, but you know, besides that, man, I just I just hung out, relaxed. Same here, bro. Like big big relaxation on on my behalf, bro. I had a lot of plans, but. The rain didn't allow it, so I kind of just chilled. Dang, this travel. You guys are getting too old for me. Yeah, I went back to Nashville. That's two weeks in a row. I couldn't get enough uh, last week, so I went back this past week. It was uh, it was CMA Fest there. I didn't go to the CMA Fest stuff, but uh, whenever you get a bunch of girls in uh, sundresses and uh, and jean shorts and cowboy boots, you know I'm going to make my uh, my return back real quick. <laughs> Yo, they listen to the show? I don't know. That sound like I, a I don't know. Uh, Dan, I don't know, I don't know about that, Dan. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. You got to see it to believe it, baby. I don't know, man. I, look, I, I don't know if I can see that, man. I don't know if Miss is going to lie. That. I don't know, man. We've known each other now like eleven years. I, I think you can trust me on this one, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, it was it was good, man. And dude, Nashville's an awesome place. Uh, even if you don't like country music, man, they got great bars, great, uh, great music, and it, it's always good to be back up there. So, what about our boy Cam? Cam's birthday, bro. Cam, happy birthday, brother. Cam, yeah, any- Friday, Friday, Cam, appreciate Cam, it. Cam, Cam's trying to have a solid birthday. Like, if it was, when it's my birthday, everybody know, bro. Like, everybody. Well, honestly, I was planning to just go to the Springs a couple days, but we had bad weather the whole weekend, so I packed the bags and went to Biloxi. Okay, big gambling. What you what you got? What you, what you made, bro? Split the profits. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't do so hot, uh, and <laughs> I, I still like, ain't feeling so hot. So like, define not so hot though. Like, like, what do you mean not so hot? Like, what do you? Uh, at one point, it was a couple stacks, but <laughs> I know that ain't nothing to you, <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? I know it's the bottom line, Cam. I yeah, did how so. I could get. Damn, Cam. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good, though. So how old you turn, bro? How old you? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Oh yeah, you could afford to lose a couple grand at twenty-eight, bro. You ain't got no yeah, kids man. on the streets. No single, nothing going on. No kids. Yeah, it ain't tricking if you. It ain't tricking if you got it, Cam. I Damn, have fun. Fuck? I'll leave it at that. Well, well, I don't know who had more fun, Cam or Dan, man. So I'll just, probably I'll, him. I'll uh, probably me. <laughs> oh, snaps, man. So let's get into some uh, Gator Talk, dog. Uh, I want to do – we got SEC Media Days coming up shortly. So I just want to get a quick prediction from you guys. Who you guys think going to the uh, SEC Media Days? Amon, you want to take it? Um, Yeah, man. You know, number one, man, it's our quarterback, man. He, he's yeah. the leader on the team, and, and he, he's definitely he's the first one on, on, the, on the little – small little plane that they take. Um, On the defensive side, man – you know, uh, I want I want to say Chris Henderson, but you know, CJ ain't been to, he ain't been to do too much talking, man. You know, so uh, 
I'm not sure on the defensive side. But who y'all think we should take? Probably Reese, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Reese yeah. last year. I think he yeah. was back. Reece, yeah, Reese Reese going back again. So uh I don't know, maybe Van Jefferson or something? Possibly. I like those three. I like those three. They they changed the format and there's three people this year in the coach. Who you got, Dan? <clears throat> I got uh Franks, obviously. I got Reese. Uh and then after that, it, I don't know what you do. I don't know if you get uh you go with the punter. You go with their boy Tommy Townsend. I don't yeah. know if you go. I don't know if you go with like a Brett Hagee. He's been with the team for a while. Um, you might go someone like uh, P Ryan, uh, maybe Zuniga, maybe one of these guys that've been with the program. You know, four years. Tyree Cleveland's been with the program four years now. So maybe you go with one of these other guys that have been with the program for a while. But I don't know that that third spot. I think is up in the air. But I think you have to go Reese, and then you definitely have to go Franks this year. Yeah, you yeah, can't, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I think I got – I think we probably would come around the same three. I got P. Ryan Franks and um, Reese. But like you said, that third spot where I got um, P. Ryan at, that's that's interchangeable. You probably could see Tyree or somebody like that. But I like my I like my chances with, with um, P. Ryan. He's been leading in the locker room for a couple years now. So we'll see. Whatever, whoever we put there, man, we can't go wrong. I'm sure they're going to put the best. And then Dan Mullen goes in tow. What date is the media days? I think it's the 15th. I think it's July 15th is Florida, and, and Dan Mullen sets the tone. I think he goes first. So it's it's Mullen, Ogeron, and uh, Barry Odom from Missouri on day one. Uh, so I think Mullen starts. I think he sets the tone. Uh, walking in real cocky, real arrogant-like. Okay, so so it's Monday, July 15th is, is uh, Florida Media Day. Yeah, Media Days is Monday through Thursday this year, okay. uh, the 15th through the 18th of July. Yeah, it's back in, uh, it's back in Hoover. Okay, while we're talking some media and some, some Gator football, let's get my man Will Simone on from um, The Athletic. See if we can chop it up about some Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators. He's real close to the program. Dude, Will's an impressive dude, man. He uh, he came from Mississippi State with Mullen. I like him a lot. He's putting out a lot of good content out there. Hello. Will, how's it going, man? It's Stadium Miguel. Hey, man. What's, what's up? up? Will. What's Will, going on, man? So- Nothing much, man. We are uh, hanging out, man. We uh, talking about Media Day a little bit. What's your feel uh, of Media Day? Who you think Dan Mullen's bringing in tow? Man, <laughs> it's it's early for Media Days, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, we just talk, we just making predictions about who's going. We need content, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you guys. It is what middle of June, so it's pretty uh pretty light on content all the way around. Um, my guess is probably would be, man, he goes with seniors a lot, so probably David Reese. That's one. Okay. Um, probably go Hammond. Ooh, we didn't um, mention him. Van Jefferson would be my third. I like those three. Nope. You think he leaves out the quarterback? Just history says that he takes seniors, no matter what, really. I mean, I remember, I think it was a couple of years ago at Mississippi State, he elected not to go with Nick Fitzgerald, if I remember correctly. And Nick was the unquestioned starter. There was no drama surrounding it whatsoever. There was nothing about it. And he was the best offensive player on the team, but still he was not one of those three guys at media days. So for me, it's like I look at it as, Who's going to represent your school? Probably, the, like, who who do you look at on your team as, like, the representatives 
four-year school who show up at these press conferences every week. Hammond is one of those guys. David Reese is one of those guys. And Van Jefferson is, is really underrated when it comes to being personable, uh, you know, saying things that are actually of, of some sort of substance and interest, uh, which is rare. But, yeah, I mean, that's somebody that I would actually prefer to be there. I'm not sure if he will, though. Well, you're uh, familiar with Dan. You uh, you you covered him at uh, Mississippi State. What's your uh, feel of, of Dan Mullen, how he feels about this team heading into this season? Better than it was last year, I would say. I think the the big thing that every, that's on everybody's mind is the offensive line. He's not any different. I think if you ask him face-to-face, you know, uh, no press conference, nothing like that. Just what do you think your team, how good do you think your team is? He'd probably say, Hey, you know, we probably need some help on the offensive line. Uh, I think I worded it in one of my articles, just saying you pretty much all but posted like a help wanted sign outside the door of the offensive line room at the, at the spring game by saying, yeah, we're totally in the market for some sort of transfer, a grad transfer, somebody who could play right away. Everybody knows that they it's as clear as day, or at least it was in the spring, um, that that was what was separating them from really truly being um, not just a top 10 team, but something more than that, which is obviously the goal for them this year. So that's not to say that the offensive line won't improve, though, just because if you look at last year's group, for example, hey, you know, that group wasn't like it wasn't as if people are hailing it before the season as one of the best in the SEC or anything like that. It was quite the contrary. School gave up a whopping school record amount of uh, school record amount of sacks, and there, that was a question mark. And it didn't really get going until a few weeks into the season, where John Hevesy and Dan Mullen started to sort of scheme around it in the meantime until the skill level caught up to pretty much everybody else. And we could see some of that this year too. I, I'm not totally down on it. I'm not as down on it as I was at the beginning of the spring, just because you have some guys who are pretty talented. Chris Bleich is pretty talented. Um, Stone Forsyth has some really good size. He's a bigger body than Taylor and uh, Martez Ivy even. So you have some tools to play with. It's just a matter of an experience playing out. Hey, well, this is Dan. Uh, how do you think that, that Florida is able to balance their uh, really deep and really talented wide receiver core to make sure those guys are getting the ball and and spreading the ball out. How do you think they're going to be able to balance that out? Yeah, kind of the same way. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, I was looking at it last year, and I was looking at guys who made jumps, like Freddie Swain, for example, who saw his saw increases in touchdowns. He went from, like, two to five and significant amount of yardage plus the receptions. But then you look at a guy like Tyree Cleveland, and he actually went the other direction. And it's hard to knock him personally for that because – they added Van Jefferson. They added Grimes. They had the tight. They got the tight end a little bit more involved in the passing game. They used the running backs as well, and so it's really hard to say anything negative about Tyree Cleveland, who I think is an exceptional player who just does not get the opportunity to kind of shine as like your number one guy because he's just not that on this team. And truth, truth be told, nobody really is. I think Van Jefferson is your probably your closest thing just because of how polished he is as a route runner. But you have a long list of guys who are going to demand the ball. And I think the good thing for them, what they have working in their favor, is just how different these guys are. Where Freddie Swain and Hammond, for example, those guys combined for zero drops last year. I don't think that gets said 
often enough. That's zero mm-hmm. drops for two guys who caught a significant amount of passes. That's really that's, good. That's a, so that's those are your guys who are going to uh, keep you on track, keep you efficient. They need to be more explosive, and that's where you have a guy like Van Gr- uh, Trevor Grimes or even Van Jefferson to some extent, and even Tyree Cleveland. So I think that's where it can kind of even out is, it, is that you're asking these guys to do different things within your passing game, and that keeps defensive on, defenses honest and so that you're not able to really zero in on one or two or even three guys. It spreads you out. Plus, obviously, the spread offense in Dan Mullen's game. So I think it's going to balance out like it did last year, and we'll see a little bit more as far as um, a vertical game goes uh, and more explosivity with uh, Grimes and even Kyle Pitts, too, for that matter. Hey, Will, um, I'm Blunt. Um, I think what a lot of people uh, forget to mention, man, is, is Kadarius Tony. Man, hey, Ford makes some moves out there, man. What do you see him doing, doing this year? And, and do you see him improving or staying the same or getting worse? Man, that's gonna get a lot of people on me for like not for not bringing him up. That's like <laughs> that's like the biggest thing, right? Yeah, you know, bro. That's a lot guy of gets, and, and it's kind of a sin that I that I did not bring him up. And that and that long winded answer to the question about wide receivers, I don't even mention Kadarius Tony. But that goes to show you sort of two things: one, that there's so much depth that everybody knows with that wide receiver group. It returns something like something crazy, like ninety percent of their receptions or re- receiving yards, maybe even more than that. But secondly, it also tells you that Kadarius Tony right now isn't quite there in terms of a guy that you can depend on for more than a handful of plays, at least in the coaching staff size. Because until we see that differently this year, um, you can't really – it's hard to really point to a number or an amount of yards or explosive plays or anything like that with him because you just don't know what you're getting. Uh, when he touches the ball, I don't even know the coaching staff qu- is quite sure what's going to happen, which can be good and bad. It's all fun. It's, it's pretty cool to watch. But you also, there's a lot of trust involved in that, and you don't know. And if you don't know where that's going to go, you don't know where it's going to end. So uh, it, it's hard to say. It really is. I liked him a lot during the spring. I thought he showed a lot of good things in those scrimmages where he was being a little bit more versatile within his skill set. He was running really uh, better routes than I saw during the fall camp. Mm -hmm. And definitely during the season, he was given more opportunities in that spring. So I think it could lead to some more opportunities for the guy. Okay. All right. Well, shoot, man. What's what's another question? I'm sorry. What what is the the position group you think will be like the sleeper? They're going to show up, man, and and, and play well this, this season for us. Not too many people talking about them right now, but they're going to surprise us. What, what position group do you think that would be? You're talking on offense or defense? Either or. Either side of the ball. We'll go both. I'm super tempted to say safety just to see what people's reactions would be. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think a couple of things. I think, I think the, Amar, the Amari Bernie experiment is going to go a lot better than people may think it will. And they're going to be just fine as far as linebackers go, despite some of the uh, attrition that they saw. Uh, a couple of transfers leave. I think they'll. I think they'll be okay um, at that position group. I think they'll be just fine on the rush end as well. 
Um, they're going to get production history says that somebody is going to emerge from that group. It'll probably be Jonathan Grenard, but Jabari Zuniga will get mixed in there too. He'll probably move over a little bit, but you know what? I'm actually, I'm actually going to say that the offensive line will surprise people. I, I, after all the, um, negativity, I guess, for lack of a better way, um, as, as I was describing them earlier in the conversation, I think that they will turn things around. I think, you have guys who are pretty talented. I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. Um, and you have guys in John Hevesy and Dan Mullen who are used to working with guys who are not necessarily experienced or who are your five-star, four-star guy who comes right out of high school and is ready to go. So they have some experience working with groups like this, and I think that, to me, is going to be the group um, on both sides of the ball that will surprise people, say, midway through the season. Hey, Will, what's your what's your biggest concern um, besides offensive line? Probably, probably the, the defensive backs, aside from C.J. Henderson and Marco Wilson. You just don't know, like, exactly what you're getting. And even Trey Dean, for that matter, at the nickel, at the star um, star safety position, I think he's going to do great. But you don't know. You don't know quite. You, you just don't know. And I think a lot of people just assume that he's going to fill in so adequately just because of what he was able to show and that he got some experience last year. But Chauncey Gunner Johnson, man, that guy was so important to that defense um, off the field, on the field. I mean, he, he had an attitude about him. It's just not hard to, it, it, it's not easy to replace that. And I think trading can, I think he has not only the, the skill set on the field, but the intangibles off the field to do that. But He's new to the position a little bit, and it's on the level of question marks is probably a low one, but it adds to the 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 idea of the secondary being a question mark in in of itself, just because the safeties have to improve. I thought that they got better, contrary to popular opinion, down the stretch last year. I thought Taylor was very he became much better at making plays inside the box, creeping up there, making stops against the run. And Brad Stewart became more of a ball hawk as the season went on, and I think he's going to earn some more, some more reps. Uh, I like to see where John Huggins fits and all that. Hopefully, they can find a spot for him because he's too good to, to uh, not get a significant amount of plays. But I think overall, not to say that there's that big of a, a question mark covering around this, that that particular group, but if you're going to ask beyond offensive line, it's probably that. Um, and that says a lot about Florida, though, because there there really aren't that many questions. Uh, I think third will probably be uh, the quarterback play, just because you want Felipe Franks to make some sort of a, a jump from last year, but what kind of jump is reasonable, and what is he actually able to accomplish in year two that he didn't do in year one? Are there things that he can do differently? Um, sure, but can he do those things? Will he do those things differently? I don't know. So that would be my third. Well, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, is there any chance we see Emory Jones week one uh, versus Miami? Maybe in some uh, read option packages? I, I'm sure would like to see that myself, yeah. <laughs> I think so. I, I would probably, like, if there was – this is where, like, prop bets and gambling really gets me in trouble with like major league baseball and other sports. But if there was such a thing that you could find for like college football, where we get like player prop bets and you see like the Emory Jones line for 
how many snaps. If the over under is like one and a half, I probably I would probably bet. I'd be inclined to bet over. Um, I cer- I certainly see him getting at least one or two, and seeing where it goes from that. If for nothing else, that Dan Mullen has shown sort of a willingness uh, to throw a couple of those creative wrinkles out there in in games where there's a lot at stake, and this this game against Miami is one of those that fits the bill for me. So I think so. I think that if you're Miami, you have to sort of be um, concerned about that, or at least game plan a little bit, have that in the back of your mind because unlike last year, uh, Dan Mullen has that ship to play with week in, week out, where he doesn't have to worry about the red shirt situation or even factor that into his game planning like he did last year for the betterment of that guy's development going forward. Hey, Will, you covered uh, Dan Mullen over at Mississippi State. Um, I know not his entire tenure, but how would you rank this Florida team compared to, I guess, some of the better Mississippi State programs he had? Uh, the defense is, is is still pretty good. Um, and the, the 2014 defense was off the charts. I don't think it's quite that, but it's 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 in my opinion similar. Um, we'll see how the, some of the things shake out as far as do they get enough um, consistency from the interior defensive linemen like they did late last year. Will guys step up and replace Jakai Polite as seamless, as seamlessly as I think they they will. So there's some question marks, but I think the potential is pretty high, and that, and that could be similar. Um, offensively, you know, they didn't really have they, – they were pretty year-to-year solid. They didn't have big explosive plays in the years that I covered them, and that 2017 season in particular stands out to me because that was Nick Fitzgerald's second year. And it's kind of funny because a lot of people will say, like, what do you expect out of Felipe Franks in his second year? You know, a lot of it in Mullen's system depends on the people around him because Nick Fitzgerald numbers, they weren't as good in 2017, but that's just because he was working with a bunch of wide receivers who couldn't help him stretch the field whatsoever. So you got to take into that account. I, I like this team a lot for Florida, though. I, I do. Um I like last year's group, though, coming into this season. I know that they were coming off a a four-win season, but I was watching the games before I accepted the job here. And once I moved here, I was saying to myself, this is the type of team that Dan Mullen could really, and Todd Grantham, for that matter, can really get a lot out of because there's some experience. uh, There's a lot of production that returns. And now you're giving these guys a second year to work with where Guys, like I mentioned earlier, like Freddie Swain or whoever whoever else was, Felipe Franks for that matter, who excelled in that first year or who performed better, I should say, than their career, uh, than their other years in their career. Dan Mullen knows exactly what, we, what he's getting out of these guys now. So we don't have to wait five weeks to see LaMichael P. Ryan become a factor in the passing game or whatever the case was with uh, mixing and matching guys defensively to find the right fits they have so much more knowledge of these guys, so much more information now to work off of that. It it could be a special year for them. It's just a matter of that offensive line gelling and, you know, um, they could, they could creep up into some special ground. And I don't want to say that they're going to be better than any of the teams that Mullen had because he had another team in 2014 that went number one, but they'll probably um, be better than all of them except for that one team. Interesting. So what do you, uh, I guess, last question here, Well, what do you think uh, Florida's record is this year and how do you think they do? Yeah, I have them probably going nine and three in the regular season. 
I think that I don't I don't know like what kind of which games they they lose just looking at it, but you always have to just sort of account for that tough SEC schedule where you probably suffer a let up that you just weren't expecting, whether that was the the Missouri game last year or whoever. There's going to be one of those. Uh, there's going to be another game where you probably win that you didn't quite have a have that W circled on your calendar. Say like that game was maybe LSU last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see Auburn being that game this year, um, just because the game's in the swamp and they're going to be ready for it and all that. But for for a schedule with that features two FCS schools, it's pretty tough because that that's SEC slate is nothing to play around with when you're when you're getting Auburn and you have to travel to, I think what Missouri, Kentucky. I mean, you get Tennessee at home, but that's <laughs> that's not the hardest game uh, to win these days. So, yeah, it's a tough slate, um, and I think that even though nine and three would match what they did, it's nothing to sneeze at for sure. Awesome. Well, well, we appreciate you coming out and hanging out with us on Stadium Gale. Tell everybody where they can uh, find your stuff and read your stuff, and uh, if they if they want to find it on the internet, how they can find it. No, I appreciate it, guys. Love what you guys are doing with the show. Um, was was excited to listen to your first episode and looking forward to more. Um, I'm on Twitter at Will Salmon, W-I-L-L-S-A-M-M-O-N. I'll log, log on to theathletic.com. We have uh, discounts and sales going on pretty much all the time. If you need one, hit me up on Twitter. DMs are open, so feel free to hit me up there. Uh, working on some cool stuff, looking back at the 2016 class, how – in my opinion, I think it was it's trending toward a boon for Florida, which going before last year, you would have thought it would be closer to a bust, but the data proves otherwise at this point. So a lot of cool stuff on the horizon, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Appreciate you for coming on, Will. Man. Thanks for coming and hanging out, man. We appreciate you coming on, and ladies, you heard that his DMs are open. Hey, man, his DMs are <laughs> <laughs> will Thanks. <laughs> hey, we'll see you, bud. Well, well, well. Appreciate you, Will, for coming on the show, man. You know, every day we get closer to the season, man, I get excited, man. I feel like I'm, I'm about to go out there and play. Well, I'm hella excited, dog. You know, I mean, let's jump into some running. We got to do a position group talk this week. Um, this week we're talking about running backs and whatnot. So uh, let's get this legend, get a legend on. on. Yeah, I think we should get a legend on. Bro. What type of legend we got, man? What we got tonight? <laughs> Yo, we got Jeff Demps on on the line, man. What to do, cuz? What's going on? What's going on, man? I appreciate y'all, boy, having me on. Man, thanks for coming on the stadium, Miguel, and hanging out with us, man. Oh, no problem, no problem, anytime. Hey, Demps, man, we uh we, we discussing running backs today, man. Um, we've been doing a position breakdown every week of of pretty much uh the Florida Gators team right now. How you feel about the um the running back depth chart right now? You follow the team? Uh, yeah, I mean, the the only guy I really uh, know right now is, uh, is uh, P. Ryan, honestly, on the staff. I mean, on the roster, but uh, other than that, I ain't complaining with the rest of the guys. And what, as a running back, um, what what do you, what is what, what should a running back expect out of a Mullen offense? Uh, big plays. Definitely, definitely big plays. A lot of explosiveness. Um, you know, outside, inside, you know, no matter, you know, the direction. But definitely, definitely a lot of excitement to come with a Mullen offense. And do you see him using P. Ryan maybe different than he used you and Chris Rain because you guys are more speedier guys? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think he'll use them. You know, honestly, he might use them kind of the same. But like I said, you know, we were speed guys. But yeah, I think if anything, he might get a couple more inside uh, carries more than we got. But uh, no, I, th- I think he I think he uh, versatile enough to spread the ball or spread the field. Hey Jeff, this is Dan. Um, is it as a running back? Is it difficult to to kind of get pulled in and out? I mean, Mullen likes to use a lot of running backs and and likes to split carries. Is that difficult as a running back when you're trying to get in your rhythm and you might get might get pulled for a couple plays? Um, honestly, it, it just depends on how you prepare. Like you know, in, in practice, I know me and Randy, we kind of lock in. You know what I mean? Whenever we got you know our number called. You know, we just make the rep count. So when we, you know, we kind of perfected that in practice. So once we got to the game, you know, we was already used to it. So I don't think it was, you know, uh, us, either one of us getting out of our groove. If anything, you know, the one guy motivated the other guy to get in and, you know, to try to contribute and make big plays. Hey man, Dips, man. We, you know, we talking about all this, all this current Gator, man. But I know people dying to hear about old stories, man. <laughs> I know they're dying to hear about some old stories, man. Tell us about some of, some of your favorite times as being a Gator, man, and, and what what being a Gator meant to you. Mm, I mean, I, I just can't give you one one exact moment, man. I had I had so many. Give us three times, man. I mean, okay, Give them all. I mean, I, I can't, man. You know, we'll be here for weeks, man. <laughs> but I, I do know, you know, one of the funniest things, you know, uh, Coach Heather told. The team that if Ahmad fell off a building, he'd be laying in football position. Hey, that's where football position 24 <laughs> 7. Man, listen to this, man. I ain't even gonna lie. Hey, y'all, man. So, I think it was like my, I think it was my, my senior year, man. So, Dennis had to be a, a junior, man. And I think it was like almost every day, man. Every other day, we used to, we used to all go up to a uh, training table, me, him, and Lorente McCray, man. And, and some of the other athletes, man, and we used to we just hang out and have fun, man. That's, that's the times I miss, you know, just hanging out with other athletes, man, and everybody around here winning. I think we can get back to that for sure, man, around the university, man. What y'all yeah, think? Definitely. Yeah, definitely, man. I, like I said, for me, you know, it, it, that was, you know, some of the best four years of my life, you know what I mean? It was like, you know, you, you uh, uh, finding, you know, different guys from different places and making brotherhood, man. Like for life, you know what I mean. So it's like definitely, you know, that comes with, you know, winning as well, you know. So I think, you know, last year I was able to make it down to a game, and I, I actually saw that again. You know, the guys coming together and actually having fun, and you know, seeming more like a family atmosphere. And then you, you know, obviously they came out and had a a great season last season. So you know, they can keep it up. I think they'll be successful, definitely. Hey, Dems. Man, you one of the few guys, man, that actually came through Florida, man, and actually won a national championship in, in two sports, man. Tell us about that. Tell us how you was able to to balance football and running track, man, and and walk around campus being a man. Tell us how you – tell us how you <laughs> – <laughs> Hey, nah, I ain't walking around <laughs> Tell us how you like do that. all that. that you. Know, man. Hey, that was yeah, you. I saw you walking around campus. You the only one had a – nah, that was a mile. He the only one had a big Jesus feet around his neck with uh, – <laughs> Six diamonds in the air at seven thirty in the morning. <laughs> with, with the black air forces on seven thirty in the morning. Hanging right out of by that Chick Fil A at the hub. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but tell us how tell us how no, you was able to balance uh, that, man. Um, you know, balance track and football, man, at the same time, and being successful at both of them. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, I didn't, I didn't even think about it. To be honest, like, I was just going. You know what I mean? Everything was going so fast. So, it was like, as soon as I got done with, with football, you know, I was able to go right over to uh to the track. You know, like, it was happening so fast. So, it was like I was in the groove, and I didn't even think about it. But, you know, it, it, was, it was the people around me, too, that, that helped everything flow smoothly. You know, the coaching staff, you know, the teammates that I had on both sides. You know what I mean? But, you know, like, I, you know, I didn't think too much about it. It was going so fast. Hey, Jeff, I'm familiar with uh, how you became your your whole recruit story, how you became a Gator man. Uh, tell us about the recruiting process and what made you decide to come to the University of Florida. Um, I'm At first, you know, I was always a Seminole fan, man. Like, coming up, like, I would get it like, hard down with my cousin, man, about the Seminole. You know, I hated the Gators, you know what I mean? But um, in the high school, you know, I was getting by, you know, some of the top schools, but Right, Florida State. It was a, it was a, a myth. What they told me, they told me when they, Florida State came to recruitment. I guess one of the coaches on the staff told them that I was sorry. So they say the, the boy left. I don't know how true it is, about <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know how true it is. But you know, after that, you know, after that, I kind of lost interest in them. And uh, you know, uh, of course, Florida was on top then, and uh, Coach Maya came down to the school, man, and. The the feeling was just it was just real, man. I can't really believe it. You know, everybody on, on campus went crazy, and it was just that 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 attitude, that mentality. And then I felt like, you know, like it was a guy, you know, that I really wanted to play for, man. And we came down, you like, hey, man, it was it was exciting. Then I got a chance to go to the swamp for the first time, and you know, I seen all eleven of the Lakeland boys. And I'm like, man, I gotta be here, man. I definitely gotta be here. Come on, eleven. <laughs> I wish I had my, my 11 or 12 up there. Oh, yeah, seven, man. Seven of us, man. <laughs> yeah, the whole offense. The whole defense. The, uh, <laughs> That's how I know we would have blew y'all out in high school. <laughs> hey, you, hey, you, you told me how you broke my ankle in high school? <laughs> I crossed him over. He tripped me when I came back from the <laughs> Oh, Oh, they did in basketball. They were sorry. I don't know what, bro. I thought we blew up. We smashed uh, Did we, we smash her? Uh? No, I went. I went up for the dunk, and when I came down, talking about his leg. He's taking leg right up under my foot. When I came down, and from my ankle, man, I was out. Uh-huh. I think they won by two. I saw a free throw. They might have hit a free throw and won. Hey, man. Hey, Dill. <laughs> hey, 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 Dill. I already told Black he should have been out there playing no basketball. He should have been running tracks where he run that four six forty. Young Dillon. Hey, would have put, put black. Would have put black on the relay. <laughs> hey bro, on the I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Yeah, like, would have put him out there. Would have put him out there. Like, like, run the first leg and get out far. Y'all don't understand how depressing it was to like run sprints with, with them boys, man. Like, <laughs> Dems already, you already know he finna blow out everybody. So Dems be first. It be like, it be like, you know, Percy up there, Randy up there. You got Joe Hayden up there. Shit, he made up there, and then I'm way back there with the line. It was a fast like, squad, boy. Man, everything was fast, like. Everything yeah, I, was fast, boy. Hey, I was telling them about the pump, about the pump block team and how how Coach Mario used to uh, draw them schemes, man. And I wasn't—I I swear I wasn't fast enough to be on there. I ain't even. Nah, I ain't even hey, boy, hey, boy, you had to you had to come correct on that pump block. I'm telling you, yeah, bro. Mario love it. Yeah, I would tell the story, man. Uh, it was like I think it, I swear it was like one o'clock in the morning, man. And it was you know out on a Thursday, so we just had uh, like perfect practice on Thursday. You know what I mean? Just just helmets on. Coach Mike called like one o'clock in the morning. And he like, damn, 
talking about how you drunk all of them. I'm like, what's going on, coach? Like, man, the way you grab the towel, man, I'm telling you, man, that's the best I've ever seen. That's bro, you know he called I mean? you at like, 1 o'clock crazy. in the morning talking about grabbing the towel. What a, 1 o'clock in the morning to talk about the technique with grabbing the towel. Man, the what the? All right, so guys, for, for, people don't know, for people who don't know what grabbing the towel is, all right, so on punt block, right, the whole objective is, is to get your pads low, right, and get your pad level down so the guy blocking you can't get a clear shot on, on your shoulder pads and your chest, right? So the drill that we used to do was put a towel on the ground, right? And when you when you duck and try to get low to the ground, you have to actually grab the towel. That that that's like a, a measurement of how low you were. So if you can grab the towel, like it, yeah. you, you you getting in there, you're gonna block that punt. So Coach Mike called them at one o'clock in the morning and, and just what, what exactly grab was. the towel <laughs> that day in practice. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm telling you, it was crazy. Tell you up. Yeah, I'm up, coach. I'm bad asleep, man. <laughs> crazy, hey, Dems, uh, rank. You, you, you went to the Olympics and you also got national championship. Uh, you gotta give me one. Which one you like more than the other? Uh, I you broke up the first part. I hear the first part of the question. I say you went to the Olympics and you won a national championship. You gotta give me one over the other. I, I can't, man. It's two different. It's two different feelings, man. Like I can't, I can't explain the, you know, the feeling in the swamp, or you know, winning the national championship, or you know, settling in the, you know, it's just, it's both of them amazing feelings, but I, I can't choose one or the other, man. It's too hard. Do you speak to uh, Holloway at all? Uh, Coach Holloway. Grant Holloway. Oh, Grant. Um, I, when the last time I spoke to Grant, I think in April, maybe. And then I haven't spoken to him since. But uh, I, I did like a, a interview about him, I think a couple months ago, you know, about him and his performances and how he's been coming along. So what you up to these days, man? What, what is Jeff Dems I'm doing? Still, I'm still on the track, man. I'm still training. training out. Uh, I live in Houston now. So I'm still, I'm still at it, man. Do you uh still like that you you took football and went to the Olympics over going straight to the NFL? No, I played um three years in the league. I was in uh New yeah, England. Actually, it was great. Yeah. Me and Dems played yeah. together in Tampa a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I was in Tampa with Black. Yeah, we played in Tampa and, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and then I finished out in Indy. Hey man, listen man, if y'all on Instagram man, please go follow Jeff Dempse Seven. All right. I'm telling you right now, he's he going to be the next model to break. Listen to what I'm telling y'all. The next model to break. He gonna, look, he's going to win the national championship. He, he done went to the Olympics. He done went to the NFL. And he a model. Man, listen, man. I'm telling you, he's the man. He's the man. Hey, hey, yeah, hey, just father, man. You know, I try to keep y'all up to date on the photos, man. Hey, for sure. Hey, but uh, Cubs, man, I appreciate you, man. Everybody in here, appreciate you, man. Um, you know, I know everybody gonna go crazy just listening to some of your stories, man, and having you on here, man. We really appreciate you. Oh, Nick, I'm, I appreciate you guys having me on tonight, man. I appreciate you for coming on, Goat. Appreciate All you, right. Getting legends on this show out the gate. Shout out to Jeff Dimps, man. So let's get into this running back talk, fellas. Um, we got a running back on to speak a little bit about playing for Mullen and, and some playing days. Dan, how you feel about the running back depth chart? Versus uh, any other position, how you think we uh, how we look? 
Dude, stacked. I, I don't know how they, they split carries. You've got uh, P. Ryan, who obviously – he was my RB1 last year. Um, so I think, obviously, he's still RB1. You still have – you have Malik Davis coming back from injury, so it'll be good to see him come back. Uh, it seemed like in the spring they were they're playing him a little tentatively uh, because of that. But, dude, I think he's going to come back real strong. I mean, he's a home run threat. Uh, I don't think people remember just because he got injured last year, uh, his freshman year, just how quick he could uh, he could get get through that hole and then uh, and then break the uh, and then break the, uh, the the second level there. Um, and then you have to throw in Pierce, who's that that bruiser. Um, so I don't know how they split carries because then you still have Iverson Clement, who's going to be a redshirt freshman, who's apparently pretty good, uh, especially catching the ball out of the backfield. And then you throw in Naquan Wright, who was a, a four-star, five-star guy. I don't know how they, uh, I don't know how they split those carries, but I think you got to get Pierre on the ball 50% of the time, and you got to split the other two carries or the other two guys probably 40%, and then and then 10% maybe for those other two guys. But I don't know. There's there's not enough guys on uh, at that. There's not enough balls on the uh, on the team to get all those guys uh, the ball. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, whoa, whoa. There's only one. Yeah. There's only one ball. So right. Get it everybody right. can't touch the ball. Everybody can't touch the ball. Yeah, there's a lot of balls on the team, man. A lot, yeah, of, a lot balls of balls on the team. On the team. Hey, man. But but on a serious note, man, I'm excited too, man. Um, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, P. Ryan being a starter. I remember last year, um, sometime coming in after Scarlet, man. I, I kind of like that. I kind of I kind of like Scarlet wearing them down and P. Ryan coming in and, and kind of bruising them up a little bit too, and and uh, adding the speed with it too. Um, Malik, man, you know, you know, hopefully this year, man, you know, guys willing, man, he stay injury free, man, and, and have a great year. I'm so excited to see um, how he bounces back from from the injury last year, man, and I'm sure he can be ready, man, and, and ready to go to, to to pound it again, man. You got a uh, Pierce coming in, man, and he he do a lot of things the, the right way, man, and, and I'm excited for him as well, man. We just we just got some experience back there, man. That's that's gonna be good for us. We actually got guys back there that's that's been. Um, in, in tough games down the stretch, man, and, and, and had some carries that, that really they really had to take care of the ball, man, because if we, we fumble that ball, we lose the game, man. So I'm glad we got guys that, that, that got some experience back running the ball for us. Yeah, yeah I wanna... just, for some, just for some perspective real quick, the 2017 season, we ran for 2,047 yards. Um, the first year Dan got here, we ran for 1,000 more yards at 3,047. So Dan Muller emphasizes on running the ball. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I think it depends on uh, – I think Malik Davis's whole thing will depend on if he can pass block well. I mean, this is going to be his first, I, I, I guess, second year, but really first year playing in that scheme. So I know Dan Mullen really cares about that pass blocking uh, ability, and I know that P. Ryan can obviously do it. We saw it with Pierce a little bit. He struggled at times, uh, but he started to really pick it up towards the end of the year. So I think the difference between who gets the ball second between Pierce and Davis – it's going to depend a little bit, obviously, on what they're trying to do, but I think it's going to depend a lot on uh, on those pass blocking schemes. Yeah, just from watching all three guys run, I think Malik Davis is more of the home run hitter uh, out of the three. I think uh, Damian Pierce can definitely fill in the same role that that Scarlett had as far as a bruiser and wearing teams down, or he could he could come in late when teams are exhausted and, and gash him as well. But like I think last year. Absolutely. But I think the biggest difference between all three guys is a healthy Malik is, is a home run hitter that can score from anywhere on the field. I think, I mean, P. Ryan can as well, but Malik is faster, dog. I think yeah, he's Malik. I think, that, yeah, we need just a healthy year out of Malik, and I, and I think we get this thing rolling. Yeah, I mean, Malik's freshman year, he averaged 
6.66 yards per carry. And then Pirine averaged, what do you average, 6.16 this past season, and Pierce averaged 6.14 yards. So if they can all do that, if they can average six yards a carry, offense finna be a breeze. I think the biggest part of our running backs uh, in our running game that's going to help us a lot this year is quarterback running the ball. I think Felipe is a lot more comfortable running the ball. Uh, he can do some read option stuff, but – I do. I just think we see a lot of packages of, of Emory just coming in to, to throw a wrinkle in and have teams have to game plan for it. Yeah, and then they're going to have uh, you know, the the uh, wide receiver out of the running back position. They're going to have Franks, who's comfortable, Emory Jones, who's comfortable. Dude, they have a lot of players that can run the ball and definitely keep their teams on their uh, on their toes, especially when you have the threats on, at wide receiver and tight end. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for for teams to scheme against Florida. Okay, our next guest is familiar with the Gator fans. <laughs> we have SEC Mike, a.k.a. Michael Bratton on, news editor for Saturdays Down South. Mike, how's it going? Hey, doing good. Thanks for having me. Big fan, man. I like to follow your tweets. You say a lot of outlandish things. I like to say outlandish things, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's all in good fun, trying to rile up the people. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I do a really good job of riling up the Gator fan base, so I appreciate all the love. Yeah, we bring a lot of clicks and attention and um, traffic. What, what's what's your overall opinion on Dan Mullen? Like, just straight up, like, how do you really feel about him as a coach and, and what he's doing at University of Florida? Yeah, well, I mean, I like to poke fun of the guy. He says a lot of crazy things. But, you know, at the end of the day, I actually really appreciate that because I think college football is just a lot of fun. And – Guys like Nick Saban, Jeremy Pruitt, Kirby Smart, I mean, they suck the fun out of every media availability they have. So at least Dan mm-hmm. Mullen has given us stuff to, to discuss and, you know, pokes, pokes fun of the rivals. But, you know, away from on the field, I think he's great. I mean, I think he's the best play caller and just game manager on game day in the SEC right now, I think. When Hugh Freeze was still in it, I probably would have given that title to him. Maybe Jimbo Fisher is right there with him because Jimbo Fisher, obviously you guys know he's great, particularly with his uh, second-half adjustments. But uh, just Dan Mullen, I just think he just does more with less. And I give him a lot of crap for not being a great recruiter. I still don't think he's that, that great of a recruiter. But he, he can get the job done. I'm just not sure he can recruit at a level to win national championships which I would assume is the expectation of Florida. I mean, that's that's been the expectations in Gainesville since since I've been watching SEC football. Yeah, I got you. Hey, Mike, this is a Dan. I, I know that this is DK underscore Thompson on Twitter. I, th- I know you and I have gone back and forth a little bit in the past. Um, right before uh, you got on, I was just reviewing your tweets a little bit. I wanted to ask you a question. You uh, you have Florida ranked as the number four SEC team. Uh in the post-spring practice ranking, as you call them. Um, and then just a few short days later, you said that you didn't think Florida was going to make a bowl game. Um, do you think that the bottom nine teams in the SEC aren't going to make a bowl? Uh, no, there's generally 10 or 11 teams from the SEC making a bowl game. I think what you're referring to is uh, a tweet put out there by a good buddy of mine, Dave Bartu of CFB Matrix, and he asked for – uh, you know, this time of year, we, have, we all get projections thrown out there, and they're all positive, and they're all good. So he was just asking for any negative projections anyone's got out there. And I did throw out there Florida possibly not making a bowl game. I could realistically see that, 
But uh, that's definitely not an official prediction that I'm going to be making heading into uh, the 2019 season. I got you. And you went to University of Tennessee, right? Yes, sir. What do you? Uh, how do you project their season this year? Uh, I think it's going to be another downish type year. I mean, maybe six and six, seven and five. I just, I still don't think they have the players to compete in the SEC. I think, I mean, Tennessee fans are are worried about BYU. That should tell you anything. I mean, that's the second game of the season, and they're kind of circling that one as, uh, you know, how the season is going to go if they lose to BYU. It may be another five-win season. I th- I think they'll beat BYU. Although honestly, I don't know a ton about BYU. I I just focus on SEC football. But if they can take care of BYU, I think uh, I think they can win six or seven. But that's that's about the ceiling there. Year two under Jeremy Pruitt. So, so six, six six games. That's bowl eligible. So they bowl eligible. And I, you you think Tennessee gonna be bowl eligible? It's, 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 well, oh, a lot my, of that has to do. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, SEC Mike. By the way, this is a mod black. I'm I'm about to follow you on Twitter. I'm gonna give you a, a lot of crap. So you think you get Twitter? Going? <laughs> you think you get Twitter going? You don't have Twitter. Uh, well, I mean, just look look at it this way: they're playing Georgia State, BYU, Chattanooga, UAB. Okay. I mean, you, I mean UAB might beat them, but <laughs> if if UAB is beating Tennessee, Jeremy Pruitt's got a problem. So that's four right there. And I know they can't beat Vanderbilt, but it's going to happen eventually. And I, I just don't think Kentucky is going to be near as good. Right there, you go six wins. I, I, I certainly think that's realistic. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think you're right. I think I think Tennessee goes six and six this year, maybe seven and five. Um, I saw a stat today: Tennessee's zero and seventeen in their last seventeen games against top ten teams. That's wild. You think they can win one this year, or you think they're still lagging pretty far back? Well, that's tough to say because. You know, I was pretty accurate on my Tennessee predict, uh, predictions last season. Though The two games I got wrong was the game at Auburn. I don't think anyone saw that one coming. And I really thought Kentucky, even though it was in England Stadium, I thought Kentucky would beat Tennessee. I was way wrong on that one. So, uh, you know, the, the, I think those were obviously the two highlights under Jeremy Pruitt where he could kind of show that he can kind of get his team to punch above where they're currently at. So, it's not out of the question. I mean, they actually played Georgia pretty tough. Um, I actually just go back through the season. I'll just watch all the games during the offseason. And I know the Florida game got out of hand, you know, pretty pretty early. But a lot of that had to do with turnovers. So I think if, if they can play a game and not have all these crazy turnovers, if they get a team at home like a Georgia, uh, like a South Carolina, like a Mississippi State, they may be underdogs going into those games. But – if they play, you know, without turning the ball over every other possession, I think they could beat a couple of those teams. So uh, it's not out of the question that uh, – I don't know about top 10 upset, but top 25 upset. I can see Tennessee pulling off one or two next year. Where do you put Jeremy Pruitt in the top of coaches of the SEC? Near the bottom. I mean, he's not <laughs> done anything to show me otherwise, you know. Um, I think Chad Morris, from what we've seen, is terrible. I think Matt Luke – He's going to be fired by the end of the year, so you got to put those two guys at the very bottom. Uh, Barry Odom, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not totally bought in on him. I think this could be a big year for him, but those sanctions that could kill him. So uh, you know, Jeremy Pruitt maybe just above those guys, but there's not a whole lot there. Right there, maybe with Joe Moorhead, who I was singing that guy's praises this time last year, and I thought that was just embarrassing. Some of their performances they put up there, so. 
you know, Jeremy Pruitt, Joe Moorhead, still in the uh, wait-and-see category for them. Two good coordinators, but obviously not all good coordinators become head, good head coaches, and I'm certainly not ready to say Jeremy Pruitt's a, a really good coach. Hey, Mike, uh, if you could rank the, the SEC running back depth charts east and west, how, how would you rank them? We're talking about – we're doing a little running back talk today on the podcast. Yeah, I think Georgia – probably number one in the East, but only by a slim margin because a lot of those guys in Florida, I really like Florida's backfield. Uh, even, you know, I, I think they're right there. South Carolina, I think they've got some underrated backs, and uh, I really like Vanderbilt's running back, but they, they don't have a lot of depth there. They just have uh, – the, the, they have got two good guys that are pretty good, but, you know, Georgia's – I mean, they may go legitimately five deep, Florida, I think you got four guys that can really run the ball. And on the other side, Alabama, I think those guys are really kind of overrated, As particularly Najee Harris. I think uh, a lot of people build him up because of his recruiting rankings, but I, I've just not seen it. So I would definitely put Alabama behind Georgia and Florida, but probably right there at number three. Uh, Auburn running backs probably – I think the, I like the Auburn running backs better than I like the Alabama running backs. And then – um, not a lot of Mississippi. You gotta watch out for Old Miss their backfield this year because if you've not seen Scotty Phillips play, he is a really good runner. And they just signed an uh, Under Armour All American that was the MVP of that game. Uh, his name's Jerry on Ely, five star running back. Old Miss could have a dangerous running back tandem. So I'd probably put them up there. And then the one thing that Arkansas does have, in my opinion, they've got some good running backs. Rakeem Boyd. A lot of people saw him on Last Chance U. He, he can't really stay healthy, but when he is, he's out there, he's kind of like an Alvin Kamara type back. He can do it all. Uh, and they got Dev, Devois Whaley, so I, like, I really like Arkansas's backfield, but that's about all they got in Arkansas, and, and obviously that's, that's not going to get it done and just having one outstanding position group. Hey, hey Mike, to, to, switch, to switch targets uh, here, um, I wanted to ask you, I know that you draw quite a bit of ire on Twitter just with your, your weekly rankings. And I know that I've given you some, some, even some of my ire. Do you have any like criteria for ranking that, or is that just a weekly eyeball check um, of each team? Yeah, I mean it's basically a mix of because it really gets wild during the season. People are always like, "What the hell are you thinking with this?" But you know, just for an example, uh, so Kentucky's—they're playing week one. They're playing Toledo. If they beat Toledo by thirty points, but South Carolina beats North Carolina on a neutral field by seven. I mean, I'm obviously more impressed with what South Carolina does. So some of it has to do with who you've beaten. And a lot of it has to do with just the fact that these are the teams in order. If they were to meet on a neutral field in the coming week, who I think is going to win. Um, and it's just, it's more of that than anything. And it, it's really fluid at the beginning of the season, because I think a lot of people, they have preconceived notions of these teams going into the season. And I just try to wipe all that out because the only thing that really should matter is what we've seen on the field. So by, you know, week zero, Miami and Florida, whatever happens in that game, and then obviously a week later with week one with all the rest of the SEC teams going at it, I kind of just base it off just that and nothing of what happened in 2018 because I don't really think that's relevant to 2019. I just want to ask one more question. I've got a couple more questions, but this one in particular, I was curious. I was just going through kind of how you rank teams. And, and I think overall you did a pretty good job. I think 
I don't think that you have a bias against Florida. I think you like to rile fans up, and I think it's I think it's kind of funny, and that's why you do it. Um, but you ranked Tennessee second to last after the the last regular season game, and then you bumped them all the way up to ninth after um, sitting at home for the the last month of the season. Um, where did that come from, or, or how did you determine to, to give them a four spot jump? Um, I mean, it's hard to think back. What week are we talking here? Maybe. Uh, yeah, we're talking about end of, end of the se- last game of the season and then through bowl season. Okay, I got you. So, yeah, after all that, like I said, you just kind of wipe it clean. And uh, a lot of what Tennessee did, I really like this offseason. Like I said, I don't think they're going to have necessarily the roster to compete. But Jim Chaney, I got a lot of respect for that guy. Uh, they're just they're a di- Where Tennessee was incredibly weak, uh, is the offensive line, and they got two five stars coming in. Now, I don't expect them to come in and be, you know, all SEC players year one. But if you're talking about guys that like physically can't even line up in the SEC, and then you're bringing in two guys that, by all accounts, are all Americans and you know six foot four, three hundred pounds. I mean, you got to figure that those guys are instant impact players. There, uh, Tennessee also their offense, while it obviously wasn't that good last year. I mean, they're bringing basically everyone back. And I really thought, I mean, you really got to dig deep. I don't know how much Tennessee you watched. They weren't worth watching a whole lot last year. But No, I tried watching him once. He really is a good player from what I could tell. But, um, I mean, just if you type in Jared Garantano highlights, you're, I mean, you saw the Florida game. He's on his back just about every other play. I mean, I don't know how you can accurately yeah. judge a quarterback when he's just getting destroyed. But uh, the, the best game, this best example, and I didn't even realize this when I was doing this, I'm sure Florida people read it as like me just trying to build up Jared uh, Garitano, but I studied every single returning SEC passer and looking at their third down numbers, third and long particularly, he was among the best in the SEC. I mean, his numbers were right up there with Tua, which was pretty shocking to me. If you go back and watch the Tennessee versus Auburn game, obviously that was Tennessee's biggest win last year. A lot of that was just Jared Garantano completing these third, third and eight, third and nine, third and 12. I mean, he just does it time and time and time again in that game. And you can't ask a quarterback to do that realistically week in and week out. But I think if he gets a little protection, uh, particularly working with Jim Chaney and all his receivers coming back, uh, I think he could be poised for a big year. And we all know that uh, quarterback, if you got a good quarterback who's, who's running the offense effectively, makes, just makes your team that much better. Now, now, do you think he's an actually uh, a pretty good quarterback because he, he completes third third and longs or maybe because they don't do anything on first and second now? Well, I mean, we saw the offensive coordinator got run out of town about two days after the the end of the season there against Vanderbilt. I just – I don't really think Tyson Hilton, their former coordinator, really knew what he was doing. I mean, um, here's a perfect example against Kentucky, another one of their big upsets. I'm not even exaggerating. They ran the ball on first down every single time until deep in the third quarter, and they ran a play action, and they had a guy about 40 yards wide open, and they they completed it. And the crowd went wild because it was almost like they were setting that up all season long. I don't don't know what in the world they were thinking. They they literally didn't have an offensive line that could block for the running game. Why they run it every single play, I do not know, Uh, but – I don't put that on him that, uh, I mean, basically every run they were having was about one or two yards, basically I'd say 70% of the season, and yet they continued. Maybe that's Jeremy Pruitt. That's that's what he was asking. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, they were just consistently, consistently in third and long, and 
Uh, most of that had to do with no no good run blocking, and uh, they really didn't have any explosive running backs that could make people miss tackles either. Hey, Mike, at this uh, at this point in both of their careers, Mark Red and, and and my man Kirby Smart has the same record in, in their ten years. And Kirby has a new offensive coordinator this year. How do you think uh, Kirby makes out this year? You see any? Uh, you see them hitting the stumbling blocks? Any? I mean, I don't think they're going to be perfect. That that was another thing in my. I like how all the Florida people overlooked the fact that uh, in my bold negative picks, I, I also said there's not going to be any SEC teams go undefeated. I think Alabama is going to take a big step back this year. But I don't think Georgia is going to go undefeated, but I do think they're going to win the SEC. I think they're going to the college football playoff, and I think they have a really good chance to win it all this year. Really, with, 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 uh, with, with James Cooley calling the plays, you think so? <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes, you know, I think we obsess too many times about these coaches. For me, it comes down to the players. Why is Nick Saban dominating the SEC? I mean, he's an outstanding coach. I'm going to give him all the credit in the world. But the, the, the main reason is I think he's the greatest recruiter in college football history. I mean, they just have year after year after year. They just have more talent than anyone. That's but where he, George's at. But he also court. wouldn't let he also wouldn't let James Cooley call plays, and he also had re- really good offensive coordinators his entire career. Right, but I mean, I'm hearing the same thing about uh, Jim Chaney. How he how he sucked. He couldn't call plays from Georgia fans. They were you know a quarter away from the, winning a national championship two years ago, and they got a much more talented team. I'm a big fan of Jake Fromm. I think uh, you know I think he's going to be an NFL quarterback here soon. So. I don't know. I just think they're gonna. There's not gonna be anyone in the SEC East that can match them talent-wise, and the only team in the West that can do it may be LSU, but obviously Alabama. And the motivation of losing Alabama all these years, and like I said, Alabama's gonna take a step back in my opinion. Georgia's gonna be the team that gets it done. They just have. They have so much talent. It's ridiculous right now. And uh, you know, maybe you're right. If, if Kirby Smart is not that great of a coach, I think that's kind of what you're indicating that you believe they won't get no, it done. I think, and this I, I, be- think Kirk, I think Kirby's a fine coach. I think he coaches defense and, and schemes up guys on defense. He, he's off the saving tree. Any any defensive coach that comes off that tree can coach. But I don't think – I'm not mm-hmm. believing in James Cooley. But we'll see. I mean, that's why they play the games. Mm-hmm. Hey, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, I mean, you may want to pinpoint the play caller, but to me – it doesn't matter because that offensive line, and like I said, those running backs, they're going to keep them fresh. they got about five guys they can run out. A lot of people are not are even overlooking Zamir White, number one recruiting or running back in the nation, I think, two, two recruiting cycles ago. He sounds like he's good to go. I mean, this is just another guy. I, I, just, I don't think it's really going to matter who's calling the plays because that's how good that offensive line is. And like I said, you've got an NFL quarterback. You've got all these running backs. And they've got some talented receiver too. So I just think it it doesn't really matter who's going to be calling the plays because they're going to be able to out talent just about everyone they they face. I, I think you and I are going to disagree a little bit on on the the role of the the coach there. But I guess last question for you, Mike, and, and I mean this from the kindest place in my heart. How bad do you think that Florida beats Tennessee this year? Um, I mean, I'm not sure that they will. I honestly, I'm not sold on that. Like I said, I just recently watched. That uh, excuse me, Tennessee and Florida game, and I mean 
the difference in that game was just the turnovers. The turnovers, and there was the one big play. I think it was. Well, that's Lane. a lot. Like, bro, what you just turnovers? I mean, it was six turnovers. You know, <laughs> yeah. You cannot you cannot win a football game with six turnovers. Okay, but I mean, yeah, we but agree. They, we forcing we forcing them. It's not like they just dropping it on the ground, buddy. It's like we y'all y'all gave us the turnovers. Like we weren't forcing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I mean that that just that just doesn't translate from one year to the next. You know what I mean? At least I don't think it doesn't. I I, I you know I know it's our podcast or whatever, but you. Are, I just been sitting back, and you ain't really making too much sense to me. So, <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, man, SEC, Mike, I appreciate you for coming on, hanging out with us at Stadium and Gill, man. I just want to come. Yeah, on you're a trooper, man. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, appreciate yeah, anytime. It. I appreciate it. And Mike, tell everybody where they can follow you if they want to. Uh, yeah, SEC Mike on Twitter. That's uh, my hashtag is at Michael W. Bratton, and uh, I host a podcast that SEC podcast where we do not trash the Gators, despite what uh, you may have heard on Twitter. Already, man. We'll check it out, man. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Check it out. Thanks, Mike. See you. Well, Mike, this is Stadium Miguel, where we do trash the seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you talking about? I ain't you going to play. Here talking crazy, man. I had a man. Hey, he had some good answers and some stuff, but, man, I don't I, – I, Tennessee is bad. And you can't just say they're not going to turn the ball over this year. Yeah, I mean, that's what bad teams do. They turn the ball over. Um, Especially against good teams. I th- you can't diminish good coaching. Like, people think just because Saban gets the best players because he coached so well and, and like, it put up such a great product on the field. He can get the best players, but Saban proved himself as a coach. Like, you can't diminish how important coaching is to this. We know that just from going from a four-winning season to, to winning 10 games, dog. Coaching is just that important, bro. So, Cooley got to come out. He got to have a game plan because Todd Grantham going to have a game plan. And they're going to have to skate. It's not just going to be you got better players. And I don't even just believe in it like that, bro. Like, I start guys, I put them against anybody in the country. Period. Listen, that whole thing about he talking about coaching don't matter. That's That was just crazy because <laughs> I don't even well, – where do you even get that from? Like, is this man actually mad for his answers? Like, he tripping, bro. And let's turn, some, let's turn some callers out, man. We've been promising the callers. We're going to get them on this week. Let's get some callers on this thing, TJ. Cam. We're running the calling machine today. Man, you guys said coaching didn't matter. I had to have him on, man. I mean, nah, you gotta, I hey, you gotta, you gotta call him out, man. You gotta call him out sometimes. This guy had Tennessee ranked as the 13th best SEC team. Then they didn't even play an entire bowl game, right. and he moved them up four spots. <laughs> Wild time. Yo, it's Stadium Miguel. We hanging out. What's going on? So. Going on, baby. What's going on with you? Who are we talking much. to? Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators, man. Go Gators. What you got on your mind, dog? I know y'all talking about running backs tonight, but I'm gonna tell y'all how good y'all got to stay to Florida. I'm from Alabama, so I got to get nobody pregnant, bro. No, nah. no, nah, none of my cousins live here. <laughs> How's it going? We hanging out, man. Hanging a little running out. back talk. You got a question for us? Yeah. You think P Ryan's gonna run for two fifty or three hundred on Miami? I got him for a cool one seventy five, dog. Something crazy like that. But I think I think Dan Mullen likes to carry that, like to share the, the carries a little bit. So I don't see him going for nothing too crazy. 
But I think as a team, we run for about 250 on them. What about with P. Ryan and Pierce this year, you think we got a shot at having 2,000 yard backs? I, I think that's going to be tough. I think that they spread the ball out too much because you got to throw Malik Davis in there too, and then they've got Tony and they've got Emory Jones and Franks was running the ball. I, I think that they they might eclipse the total number of yards they had last year running the ball, but I don't think they get uh, two 1,000-yard backs. I got you. So what's your score for the uh, Miami game? You got one more for me? Go ahead, bro. I was just going to tell you, you being too generous with these 40 burgers because we probably going to put 50 on FSU. <laughs> <laughs> they, might, they might forfeit that game by the last game of the season. Got a lot of, you got a lot of shenanigans to get through, through uh, with Willie in this whole season. But no, nobody in Gainesville. Yeah, I, I don't think the Orange and Blue Boise team is worried about Florida State, let alone the Gators. Man, they're gonna have, they're gonna be they're gonna be having free Willie signs in the stands this year, man. It's, they better have they better forfeit. We're gonna have warrants out for our rest after what we do to them boys and Ben Hill. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey Wes, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us, man. We gotta we gotta turn through these callers, man. Each there we Miguel, dog. All right. All right. He says his cousin doesn't live there. <laughs> hey. hey, bro, what? <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, man. He gave it to y'all top. What's up, boys? Got playing Father's Day. Anything? Man, I'm just going down with my girl to, to her uh, family house. So you get some tired socks. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Dan, I'm going to be out in the area, man. I'll be hanging out in town. So we got yeah, I, gave, I gave you a bunch of recommendations, man. Just hit me up when you're in town. There's a uh, there's a bunch of good spots if you're looking to grab some drinks, grab some food. Um, weather should be all right on Saturday. Go out for a walk, take your old lady out on a uh, nice little stroll on the river walk. Yeah, we're probably gonna take we're taking the kids. My um my kids' birthdays are a week apart, so we're taking the kids out there to Wesley Chapel, the little water park thing they got out there. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, my parents coming in tow, so we got a babysitter, and we can hang out at night, dog. So me and the wife gonna step out Saturday night, kick it. Hey, yeah, I got. Hey, Wesley Chapel, that's near TJ. That's practically another part of Tampa, another another state. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff downtown. Downtown uh, Tampa has changed a lot, man. I think that you and uh, you and your waffle love it down there. Yeah, let me know when you're down. For sure. So can we talk about can we talk about this uh, this Miami Hurricane football player? I, I think he's a football player. <laughs> Family first and his whole hey, football. Hey. Yeah, Jordan Miller. You know Jordan Miller? Yeah, I know. I've seen the tattoo, bro. It's pretty horrendous. <laughs> bro, look this man's tattoo is backwards, bro. Look at Florida. <laughs> no. <laughs> this guy showed him a picture in the mirror and said, I want this. <laughs> I almost Mike Tyson laugh right now. Hey. Uh, D, as a tattoo artist, you have some sort of obligation so to not, uh, not, tell not all, this is the fact, right? That's the new Florida, bro. They got a new Miami and a new Florida. They just oh. flipped it around a little bit. Yeah, man. Certain boys were upside down. <laughs> Yo. Yo, it's Stadium Miguel. We hanging out. What's on your mind, man? What's good, Silk? Man. The Kush ain't big, but the Joe big, man. Kush ain't big, Joe. We just talking some running back. On, 
We're talking some running back talk, uh, a little media day talk. What question you got for us, baby? Bruh, all I got to say is it's about time P. Ryan gets some respect on his name, man. It's a lot, yep. it's a lot of respect for P. on P. Ryan's name, bro. It's I don't a lot know. Of, uh, nah, nah, what you mean, like, from, like, people besides from past years, from I'm saying, two like, years, bro. Like, because get a nation, love P. Ryan. Shit, hey, you know, we love oh. P. Ryan. You talking about, like, man, the, in the nation? Every year, bro, every year we, we go through, Gator fans go through this whole running back thing, like, who better? You feel me? Malik was getting all the hype from, what, two years ago. You know, they was putting Malik over him. Then Scarlett came back, and everybody was putting Scarlett over him. P. Ryan, the most complete around back we had for, like, the last two years and consistent, you feel me? Like, I need him to get some respect. Yeah, the, the, best, avail- the best ability is availability, man. I do think I like Malik Davis' skill set and what he did on the field a couple years ago before his injury was – was hella impressed by a freshman running back. So I think we get caught up in, and Malik David wasn't big in a recruit neither. He, he was pretty much on the same pedigree as P. Ryan for a street stars, kind of kind of earned his stripes and got an offer late. But the Scarlet hype was, I mean, everybody wants to see the, the big-time recruit do his thing. But I, I think we can all see that P. Ryan was a, a better running back as far as vision, complete back, pass, pass blocking and whatnot. He was a more complete back end. He wasn't in trouble, dog. He was available. So right, and he got you know, like catching out the backfield. He was he was doing his thing in the screen game, all of that, bro. Like straight up. I so just, I, I, I just like how he came in, man. And, and, and like I said earlier, man, he was you know him and Scarlett was a one-two punch, man. Because Scarlett will wear that stuff down, bring P Ryan in, he gonna wear him down some more and get up out of there, you know. So I, man, me personally, I love P Ryan. Uh, oh like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely got, with it. I got a lot of respect on the name. <laughs> <laughs> so who you what got spelling? Who who you got spelling P Ryan man for the uh, second most carries? Um, uh, ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. It's definitely Pierce. I definitely can see. You feel me? Like just a one-two punch. If you're looking for one-two punch, definitely Pierce. Just because what he brings to it, like that little. Low to the ground, running people over, like that power. Definitely, but I can see if you want to switch it up, you put Malik there because that's a whole different type of bat, definitely. Like open field, big runs, Malik can get it. He got that, that second gear that he can get out of there. So I that's a tough one. That one may go later on in the season. We'll see how that goes, definitely. Gotcha, dog. I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us, man. Hey, tell everybody about this show. Everybody that has not on social media, your friends at work, to let them know, hey, man. Stay your media hey, hanging out. Hey, look, oh, man. yeah, definitely. Hey, t- tell, tell us your social media handle, man, so we, so people can oh, follow. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's TrueDreamer underscore 21, you know, Monte, you know, shout out oh, to what's the up, bro, Monte? I the ain't good man. Oh, I know you, man. Nah, they ain't giving no hands on who it was. What's up, Monte? Oh, chilling? yeah, bro. What's up? Chilling, dog. Chilling. You feel me? Holding it down in Alabama. You know, this weak oh, ass state, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? Right. You I can't. That's, what, that's why you like to Ryan so much. Oh, that makes yeah, sense, got, right? Oh, yeah. I got to put on for the Alabama. I got to put on for the Alabama boys. You feel me? I, I feel Tony don't get enough respect. I'll wait on the Tony talk. 
I wait on the Tony talk. Hey, don't worry. Look, I'm going to make sure Tony name get mentioned a lot on this show. Exactly. I need that same energy. I need that same energy. Hey, Monte, we got to pull up and hang out again this season, man. Oh, yeah, definitely, bro. I'm trying to be down there from Miami, definitely. Putting up in Orlando. We hung out big last year, dog. Appreciate you calling and hanging out with us, bro. Oh, no. Appreciate you on your way out. Oh, yeah, I got you most definitely. Got any more callers? Let's turn them out, baby. That was a good one. Shout out to Monte, man. I hung out with them boys heavy after the uh, after we drove LSU for the, the big win, man. It was in White Buffalo kicking it. I man, I had the whole 08 team in my living room. Ah, that's that game. Flex, flex on them. <laughs> yeah. I got to get the invite to them parties this year, bro. Man, come on, man. Come on. Get <laughs> on that invite. That's a great look. Hey, sure. That's a good time in this thing, boy. <laughs> go. Don't talk too reckless, man. My wife listens. Ah, nah, nah, not that way. <laughs> nah. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. <laughs> <baby>. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people. I think uh, P. Ryan just a, 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 is not the flashy guy, dog. So yeah, kind of, it kind of fooled him a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, I, I. I me personally, I had Scarlett as a better running back than him, like this entire time. But huh. I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding, man. P. Rounds out leading Russia the last that. couple of years, bro. It is what it is. I don't mind being wrong, especially when it's for the right thing. Yeah, I, I like I like P. Ryan a lot, man. I think he's gonna show out this year. Uh, hey, hey, who got on? Oh, this is Omar, man. How y'all Yo. doing? Kicking it, dog. Omar. What's going on with you? Chilling, chilling. I got a couple questions for you guys. Um, one question for each. You know, I mean, if, if you guys see that I take a long time, you just let me know. Um, but my first question would be to I'm all black. All right. So shout out to Polk County. You know, yeah. I, I grew up in Polk County, Haines City, Devonport area. Okay. So, you okay. know, uh, and also shout out to shout out to Sebastian 772, you know, East Coast. Yes, right, for Florida, if you ain't shot in our area codes. What happened? I said you're not really from Florida if you're not shot in our area codes. <laughs> yeah. Um, my question to Amar Black is, I mean, obviously, you know, you won a national championship and everything. From a player's perspective, what do you think we are missing to be at the at that level each year? For example, it could be talent or depth. What What do you think? We definitely got a lot of talent, man. And talent is definitely not the issue, man. I just... I just think we got to just buy into uh, what, what what Coach Mullen is, is trying to instill in our in our guys. I know Savage is doing a great job as well um, with the strength and conditioning, man. And just we just got to take it one game at a time. We can't get complacent and, and think that what we did last year was good enough. Uh, we got to come out and have a better season than we did last year, and ultimately uh, get better every every week as the season progresses, um, and 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 to take it from there. I mean, I'm really excited. I know Gator Nation is excited to see what we bring in year two of the Mullen era. Um, but you know, I think we got everything it takes, man. We just got to buy into the, to to what Mullen Mullen is bringing to us, um, and then we, we should be okay. We should we should take it to the promise land. I agree, man. I think that the thing that we're missing is probably depth. You know, as far as great quality depth. You know, because for example, like against against Georgia, um, you know, CJ went down uh, Henderson, and then they threw in McWilliams, and man, we just got roasted <laughs> you know so i feel like that that depth is 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 probably the, the the main thing that we need to get and i feel like we we, we did that this cycle that that passed 
Yeah, that that's big. Uh, so would you agree? And then, man, depth, man. I think yeah, the, the, the a big Georgia toe. game proved. Yeah, absolutely. Georgia game proved. I mean, we we pretty much was out both of our starting corners that game, so we got to see. We got to see our depth, man, and, and how bad it was. And I think that's what cost us the Georgia game. Um, I don't want to be a sore loser, but if we got Marco or the, the talent level of a Marco and Hendo out there for that Georgia game, it's a, it's a completely different game. And I just think our depth, our depth on the whole entire team is going to have to be better going forward. And then that just pretty much leads to recruiting better, bro. But offensive line the same way. We guys go down, we got to have the same type of talent to fill in or it's going to be a drop-off. Everything changes. Exactly. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I feel we're good. I feel we're good. Like for example, like I'm very high on on, on Kimbrough, obviously Kyrie Elam. Um, mm-hmm. I think even though they're gonna be freshmen and everything, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna be good, man. I mean, obviously it's gonna take a little bit of time and everything, but I think we got the depth. What you think, Dan? Yeah, I think I think Kimbrough's a sleeper, man. I I, I like him a lot. Uh, you know, he committed. You know, I guess relatively early in the cycle, um, and you know he just did his thing, and um, I, I like him a lot. A lot of people are sleeping on him because they got yeah, because they got Elam and Steele. Uh, I was about to say, they, they put some boys from some, Louisiana, man. Yeah, yeah, they they play DB well, but let's put some respect on that five six one, man. Shout out to Kyrie Elam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's yeah. up. Yeah, no, I mean, right, you know, four. Yeah, Florida's got to Florida's got to get that depth up and ready though, because you're going to probably lose C.J. Henderson after the year, and then if uh, if Marco has a good season, he might go pro too. So then you've got two open spots, and you might be able to slide Tradeen back into one of them. But you know, either Elam or uh, Kimbrough is going to have to uh, slide into that second spot. I agree. All right, Dan, this is this question for you, man. Um, you know, from a recruiting standpoint. You know, what do you think the coaching staff need to do to be at an elite level? Do you think we need to upgrade coaching staff? If so, like, uh, who you think we should replace? Whew. I, I, I'm not. I'm not calling on any coaches to get replaced. Uh, it's not, not that uh, type of show, Dan. It's hypothetical, baby. Hypothetical. You know, I, uh, I there's a few things that I think Florida needs to do. Is number one, they need to they need to beef up their recruiting department uh, from a from a uh, a background standpoint, they need to get a, a director of player personnel in there quickly. They need to add a couple more recruiting assistants because right now what's happening is Florida's just losing out on basic things like communication and follow-up. So they got to beef up there. Um, you know, I don't think Dan Mullen's going to be the type of guy that lets coach go because of uh, of recruiting. I think Dan Mullen is pretty loyal, and a lot of coaches on this staff are loyal. Um, you know, it, it's tough to find that perfect mix of good coach and good recruiter. So. Uh, I think Dan Mullen chooses good coach and player development over he does recruiting. But you know, I think the first thing that they got to do is they got to fix that back, that fix that back office recruiting because right now it's uh, I'm not going to say it's a mess, but it's certainly not running clean. Gotcha. What y'all think, Silk and Amon? Uh, personally, uh, like I'm not I'm not. A, I mean, it's a hypothetical question. So if I could replace anybody on the staff, and it's nothing personal, I would say uh, just because of on the field play. And also recruiting. We just had to decommit with Joel Williams. I would say Larry English, bro. Um, he leaves a lot to be desired at the safety play on the field. Ron and English? also on the recruiting trap. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ron English. I got I got two coaches mixed up. Ron English. <laughs> so that that would be my guy that I say that we replace. I couldn't say who or nothing like that, dog. It's not personal. I don't think he's a bad coach. But right now, if there's one guy that I, that I could replace, it would probably be him. Yeah, I, I would gotcha. say the same. I, I would say the same, man. No disrespect to him, man. He's, he's a good coach, man, as well. So, 
Um, I just, no, I just, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, that question is not to disrespect anybody. It's more of a, you know, yeah, we just being cautious. We just being cautious. Yeah, we just being cautious. I, I know Phil, I know how uh, Silk has said this a little bit, uh, and in another podcast and Big Three Roll Up, kind of saying about, uh, you know, like, you know, certain type of coaches and everything. Obviously, we need to be at the level, you know, of Georgia, Clemson, Bama, and stuff like that. So, I, that, you know, that's what kind of the question came about. So This uh, is so, what Florida – hey, Omar, this is yeah. – before you ask your last question, um, this is the thing that Florida needs is they need – some they need to be a little bit more aggressive on the trail they need to start asking for commitments they need to start throwing some ultimatums out there and i know that florida you know had a four-win season a couple years ago but that you've got to walk around with that swagger and that confidence to start asking for commitments like urban meyer did with ahmad black um or else you got to move on right now they're 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 tiptoeing around they're they're pussyfooting around a lot man they they gotta they gotta start acting with a little bit more confidence to be a little bit more aggressive that's basically the question that I was going to ask Silk in the way you kind of hit it right in the head. And I was going to say, do you think the coaching staff needs to change, like, the approach on how they tell recruits to, like, commit? For example, like, if you commit, like, no more visits, or do they keep the same approach? I don't think I don't think you got to be in a position to, 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 to make those those boss calls. Um, Dabo can make those boss calls. He, he's one of the first off the national championship. So he can tell kids not mm-hmm. to take visits. Uh Nick Saban can do that, but I don't think Dan Mullen's in a position if we get a commitment to tell him not to take visits. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it also depends on the position. I mean, you don't want your quarterback taking visits, but these guys are going to take Correct. visits, especially when you're like, you got guys like Joel Williams and they start getting Bama offers. Like, that kid's going to take that visit. You know what I'm saying? So, we just got to up our game. Do you think like, there's. We can't worry about what Bama and everybody else is doing. We just got to. We got to up our game, bro. And, and to be honest with you, I mean, even if you look at English, there was rumors of Bama interviewing English in offseason. So he's not a terrible coach, but the supporting cast that would be around him at Bama mm-hmm. would be different. So I just think the supporting cast, like Dan was saying, for his off-the-field staff and everything is for his administrative off-the-field, we got to up our game there, dog. And I think you'll see better results with the, the, the coaches on the field recruiting. But evaluating, I, just speaking on that, mm-hmm. our evaluating is phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? We just got to we gotta land our... Uh, a targets, not B and C. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and, and honestly, it's like you say, man. The logo talks for itself. You know, we just gotta, we just gotta, you know, win games. You know, and then the recruiting will take care of itself, and it's just a matter of time. And I usually, I usually give coaches about three years. You know, because obviously you gotta, um, you know, get your recruits in and everything, and then after that, I, I guess we can start seeing. You know, if he's not getting any results or anything like that then, you know, that's when you got to start looking as far as recruiting, like where, where you go from there. Hey, hey, Omar, uh, last question. Hey, can you give TJ any tips on how to beat you in FIFA? <laughs> oh, man, listen, it, it's funny because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a soccer coach, right? So I, I've been playing this for, for, uh, for a while and everything. And, you know, honestly, TJ can play. But, you know, I, I think if when we pull up into um, – you know the game on eight twenty four. He said he might be there. Bring in your PS four and and I'll, and I'll teach him how to play. <laughs> we love it. Hey Omar, thanks for calling in, but hey, call again soon. Hey man, I really appreciate y'all. You know everything y'all do, and uh, shout out to to everybody, all the listeners and everything. And I appreciate uh, you know everything y'all doing for for uh, Gator Nation. And we appreciate you. Said it man. already, bro. Uh, all right, hey, hey, one, one last thing, one last thing. Hey, can can Dan say we out you? 
<laughs> Give it a shot, we, man. We out here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, hey, man, I don't do that no more, man. For real. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to listen to our podcast. <laughs> hey, that's what's up. I appreciate y'all, man. Have a good night. Uh, hold it down, bro. <laughs> we right, are out up. here. We're out here, guys. <laughs> All right, fellas. Yeah, yeah. Man, those are good Good questions. Great questions. But, yeah, I think not to like everybody likes to like every time the coach is struggling with recruit, everybody likes to bring up Dabo as that, that, that like get a headquarters. Click, clack, what's going on, baby? Get a motherfucking headquarters, baby. What's happening? Yeah, I'm yeah. Hey, hey, hey. What? I, I appreciate the energy. I really do, but we can't do all the MFs on, on Stadium again, baby. Say the roll up. <laughs> Oh, 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 my bad, baby. Let me, let me clean it up. Let me go ahead and clean it up. I was just messing with you, bro. What's going hey. on, bro? Shit, they're chilling, man. What's up, what's up y'all boys? I appreciate y'all having me on, man. What's good? Man, thanks for, thanks for coming through, man. Hanging out with us, man, on Stadium Miguel. Yeah, anytime, man. I'm just, hey, honestly, I'm just, I'm, re- I'm ready for all the all-season shenanigans to be over with, man. I'm just. I'm just ready for August August 24th to be honest, bro. Come on, bro. Go ahead and go ahead and give me a testimony, bro. Hey man, I just, I I really don't think that, to be honest with you, bro. I'm at a I'm like I don't got my chi right, and I'm at a I'm at peace <laughs> with this shit, bro. Because I feel like August 24th, bro. No, I'm gonna say August 25th. August twenty yeah, fifth, yeah. bro. I'm be, I'm getting real disrespectful, bro. Cause I already know what's gonna happen. I I just don't understand how they think. You know, first of all, man, he never been a, a a head coach. Just like this is his first head coaching job. I just don't think. I don't know how they think they just he just gonna come in here and just out coach a manhandle um, Dan Mullen, bro. Like I don't even think them boys realize what's going on because I, I hear a lot of people on Twitter talk about us as if they talking about Driscoll down with some shit, bro. Yeah, that, not, no disrespect to Driscoll, you know that, what I mean? That, but that's what, I, that's what I was saying, bro. I, I don't understand how. I mean, <laughs> and y'all correct me if I'm wrong. How a, a first year head coach, a defensive minded coach at that, about to come in here and just and everything be on point. Mind you, they don't even know barely who their quarterback is, and they expect to put up points. And they offensive line, yeah, then their yeah. offensive line just as bad as you know, the worse than ours. They talk yeah. about our offensive line like we're gonna be straight. Huh? No, their right, offensive lines is their offensive lines is shambles. Anybody that 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 is a fan of football, just the game, like throw out all the fan stuff. Anybody that's a fan of football know that ain't the game one matchup you want for a first time head coach. Nope. Team learning a new offense, yeah, the coach learning the nuances of of being a head coach. That ain't the matchup you want, man. So like, I don't get caught up in all the the, the, the tweets and the, the trolls. <laughs> I'm here for the trolls, but I'm not gonna give you a football argument over a troll because that's there's no Miami fan gonna give me a football reason of why they beat us August 24th, bro. So until the game happens, I'm gonna chill, dog. You know how I am, bro. But when it happened, you gotta mute me, bro. <laughs> At all. And then I and then they always mention, you know, they they defense. But I'm just thinking like, okay, the defense ranked number four. Your strength of schedule are like 44. Does it? I mean, how much how much weight is it? Uh, you know. Or, or how much emphasis should we put on those stats? Should we should we be should we fear Southern 
Mississippi defense too. Uh, they they <laughs> ranked number three in the nation. Like I'm trying, like what what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just saying, like bro. I like y'all gonna see August twenty fourth, bro. I'm not gonna go back and forth. I mean, I do a little, you know, I do a little here and there just to get them all rattled up. Bro. Yeah, you got to. You know. It's all it's all this fun. <laughs> click clack. I saw well, what did to Michigan's defense, and I, I'm not worried about uh, about Manny's defense, especially after losing Gerald Wells, a few other guys. I'm not worried. Bro, we not and, and they think we got to do something fancy to beat them, bro. We we just gonna lay on them people. That's it. Just lean on that shit, click clack. Let me ask you this, man. We, we've been talking. We've been, we've been talking big running back talk. Speaking of leaning on shit, how you feel about the running back depth chart? Who you got, man? Like we know, we got P. Everybody got P. Ryan as one. Who you got spelling him for the second most carries? Uh, I think honestly, bro, because of the the um, the dynamic that um um, what's my boy got hurt. Malik. I'm blowing right now. Davis. Yeah, Malik Davis. Hey, Malik Davis, if he if he back healthy, bro, I think he adds a dynamic to our backfield that he got, you know, he got to get he, he got to get some burn, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, I like what I like what, you know, um my boy from Georgia, what he you know, what he brings to the table, especially late in games, you know what I'm saying? Nobody ain't gonna tackle that boy. So I mean, I like I like our depth as far as running back. You know what I mean? And I like our running back coach. <clears throat> so I think we're gonna be straight at running back, bro. My only concern, honestly, is the uh, the old line. Yeah, I That's think. I mean, I, I just got faith in in in, in to have, and Dan Mullen gonna gonna scheme around whatever deficiencies we have. So if we can't run block. Like interior wise, you're gonna see a lot of bubble screens, a lot of action on the outside. We're just gonna find the matchups to win because that's what good coaches do, bro. You know what I'm saying? We got the better coach, bro. And we and we and we got a veteran quarterback. We got a veteran wide receiver core. Uh, they don't know what they don't know. Our tight end unit is a nightmare. So you know they talk about Brevin and Mallory. You know tight. we ain't stepped on the field yet, but bro, our tight end unit gonna be a nightmare for them boys. <clears throat> So, so what's going, what you got? Let's go, click clack. As far as my prediction, bro, uh, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go with. I mean, cause I I, I think they defense gonna be uh, you know, it's gonna be alright, but I think uh, I think we're gonna put up by. I think it's gonna be similar to the Michigan game, bro. Honestly, I think it's gonna be like forty something. To, I'm gonna say 40, 42 to fourteen. That's not I like that score. I, yeah. I, I like. That. I can see that. I can see I, that. That's Big burgers. I'm gonna say forty-two fourteen, bro. Burgers. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and look, you being generous, giving them fourteen. Hey, well, they. I mean, they got. They got. They got. They got a little more athletes than. Than uh, Michigan has, so they got just as many athletes. So I think they might slip up and get get forty because it's a rivalry, you know. Get fourteen. Yeah. So all right, all right, all right. I'll be generous too. When we put when we, when we put the third stringers in there or something like that, you know how I go. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on and fucking with us, bro. Hanging out, man. I appreciate y'all. Y'all caught me in my mellow vibe tonight. I ain't really, I ain't really, I don't really feel like getting it to him, but you know, I got y'all boy next time. 
Yeah, I'm about to get my mellow vibe that. too, dog. I like your energy. I gotta get there. <laughs> All right, and go Gators. Hey man, I know this is a Gator show, man, but fuck bird. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-uh. <laughs> always, always room for that, man. Always, always room. Always. always. So, hey, so you want to go over recruiting a little bit? Yeah, that's Florida lost Joel Williams. Um, just now, a little bit ago, uh, he was that uh, that DB that committed what maybe a month ago. Um, camped at Alabama this weekend, and looks like he picked up that offer, and then. Uh, and then, and then uh, just put out his decommitment saying that he wants to be 100% sure. So um, I think he goes to Alabama uh, if they let him. But, uh, but, yeah, lost him today. But uh, moving on, picked up a couple commits uh, over the weekend. So you uh, want to talk about those guys? Yeah, we got offensive lineman uh, Jovis Jambier. Uh, they offered the, the staff see him as a guard. Uh, he's from uh, Miami, Florida Christian School. I think he's more of a project. I think Heaven is going to take one of these project guys every single year. Uh, that's just what he do. I think Ethan White was his project last year, and that's turning out pretty well. So, hey, did um, you see that picture of Ethan White that he posted the other day? The guy's looking trim from where he was. Yeah, he's looking real impressive, man. Um, and, and the biggest thing with Ethan White was going to be his weight and, and him staying in shape. And, and it's looking like it's going to be all right, man. I think he even gets some, some ticket shot. I think he's, like, on the two deep, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think he's been impressive during his time there from what I'm hearing. Okay, another offensive lineman we got was my man Gerald Mincy, one I'm excited about. Um, he's from Cardinal Gibbons High School in Fort Lauderdale, teammate of, of of Bogle, the defensive man we got last year from the same school. And pretty much it came down to uh, Miami, Florida State, Kentucky, and us, and we got him. This guy's going to be a mauler, man. They see him at offensive tackle, but I also think he can play some guard. But he's got – that mean street, uh, mean street that heavy like in this offensive lineman. Yeah, I was reading a little bit about him, uh, watching a little tape. He's got a real big mean streak, and I know that he was super impressive at the last camp that he's at. Um, some of the guys that I talked to that, that cover recruiting and stuff like that expect him to get a big bump in the rankings. He's uh, he's he a three star right. right now. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, he he, he got bumped one fifty. I think he get another bump in the next rankings as well. Yeah, he 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 goes through. He finishes his blocks. He's got a mean streak. Uh, I saw a play where he just pushed a guy right off to the side with with what looked like no energy and got up to the second level and and helped uh, complete a play. I like him a lot. Okay, and as far as like uh, guys going elsewhere, we had Jalen Rivers commit to University of Miami. He's one of the guys on the offensive line board. So that pretty much leaves us with we got Braun and my man Isaiah Walker. Those are our, our next two big targets. And I'm forgetting Walker, the kid. Yeah, Walker came to Florida uh, this past weekend and, and said some good things. But, um, you know, well, we'll see. He's still committed to South Carolina. I know the Gators feel good about him. And then uh, and then Braun uh, came, I think, this past weekend as well uh, and said some pretty good things. I still think he might have Georgia in the lead right now. Uh, but I know that they both had good visits. Hey, guys, what? You know, I'm 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 a little ask a little bit off topic. Well, not off topic topic question, but what what position group you think we need to focus on in, in the next upcoming years to 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 put us over the edge and and be where we want to be? I think we're doing fine everywhere, but in the, I think the trenches, man. I think you just gotta like I think offensive line. It, it, you don't get your your guys. I mean, it's hard. That's the most hard. That's the hardest position to project on the next level. I think 
So a lot of guys get misses for us evaluating them with the offensive line. So I'm not mad if we get a three-star at offensive line. I'm not a stargazer at that position. But everywhere else, man, the stars just work themselves out. So as far as the defensive line, we need guys that can push, pass rush, control the line of scrimmage. It's a line of scrimmage league, bro. So I think the skill position stuff always works itself out because we're in the state of Florida. We're in the southeast. We're always going to get athletes on the outside. But I think the trenches is something we just got to be deep. Like, it's just not one. You got to be two, three deep and, and be able to rotate guys in that hot-ass sun all day, bro. Yeah, I think yeah. that. That's what put us over the edge, man, especially with, the, with that son, like you say, man. And we rotating guys in and out, man. There's no way nobody come down here and beat us. And that's what yeah, it needs to be. They got to, uh, they got to shore up some depth there on uh, defensive back as well, cornerback. I think that they're going to lose at least CJ this year. Uh, they might lose Marco. And, you know, you just – you never know. You might be, uh, you know, one injury away from, from starting uh, – a guy you don't want to be starting, so uh, yeah. they need to they need to get especially losing. Uh, I think it's Joel Williams or Joel Williams. Uh, they need to shore up that spot a little bit too. But uh, but it all starts in the trenches, like Silk said. Uh, especially defensive line right now, they're they're missing some folks on the uh, defensive tackle position. The Joel misses it hurts because this is a down year defensive backs, and I don't even just think it's just Florida. I think the entire country is a down year. So losing a guy like him uh, that was 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 a a real good prospect. I think it's going to hurt us a little bit. We got to find somebody to make up for it, bro. So we'll see what happens. But I don't think this one of the guys we just be like, oh, he decommitted. That's just it. It's a down year defensive back. So we got to find we got to find bodies because it's not a spot that we're real deep at right now. Yeah, man. That cornerback position, man, it's, it kind of scares me, man. Because like you said, man, we'd be one or two injuries away, man. It's oh, it or one, spooky. No, or, or or somebody helmet come off and got to come out of play, and it's a deep ball, you know. Yeah. So. Man. Well, I mean, we saw we saw what happened last year, and I'm not I'm not going to throw shade on any player, but uh, there I mean there was a huge fall off, and so uh, you need to get those guys, get them in early, get, get them some playing time, uh, so you don't you're not forced to throw a guy that's not prepared. Uh, but it's happened the last two years where we've thrown uh, defensive backs in there that weren't prepared, and we're getting beat, and touchdowns were scored, and like Silk said earlier, I mean I, I truly blame the loss of uh, of uh, C.J. Henderson uh, in depth for the reason we lost to Georgia. I'm feeling good about the show, man. We cover some recruiting. We cover uh, the running back position. Got some goats on this thing to hang out. Some reporters, some callers. How y'all yeah. feeling? Pretty good. Hey, you, think, you think we can take the number one spot this week? Well, uh, yeah. right. The spot always up, man. So, you know, anything can happen, man. It's going to happen, bro. I mean, we, we got we to have a debut, but it's yeah. going to happen. That's what we're here for. By man, the way, we appreciate the fans, man. Hey, get the people some uh some 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 advice. All right, uh, little little advice for tonight. Um, if your Achilles really halfway blown out, don't say it's your it's your calf. All right, Kevin Durant. Is he is he is he on tonight? I gotta get off of here, man. I gotta go man. He already out. He in the back. Oh, Kevin Durant is in the locker room, man. Damn. Uh, he had the ball, and he 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 uh he was like uh back in the, I think it was Kawhi, back we didn't, on the perimeter and just dropped the ball. Nah, it was like, Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka. We didn't north, dog. We didn't north. And he just he just he just limped off the, and laid on the floor. Told the people to come get him. Man, here's another piece of advice. Speaking of injuries, you think you have lower <laughs> back problems? It's probably your hamstrings. What? True. 
No, for real. That, that, that's good. That's good advice. If your lower back hurts, stretch your hamstrings, and right. probably seventy-five percent of the time, that'll fix it. Right. Hmm. Running by my old lady, bro. Yeah. Look at me, just bring, bringing facts. No, well, my old lady. <laughs> I, we we don't have to stretch hamstrings. We just. Anyway. Um, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, man, I appreciate y'all with pulling up the stadium Miguel hanging out with us, man. Cam, take us away with some uh, Currency Drive featuring my man Styles P. Appreciate y'all. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Bottles of champagne, trying to find my way in this maze, which is the game. Bitches and gold chains, pistols and diamond rings, more than my fair share seen. Been on the scene since I seen niggas make green. Use my common sense, it seemed hella easy, but it took a grip of time. Pimp, believe me, just wanted to make moves while my dudes were still alive to see me. Do it like I was doing it for TV. Me and two chains, blue hella trees. Take your Maserati, hide as I sit them down on Chevy seats. Love you dealing with a Jeep, your plug for audio drugs. 16 bars is the key, one mixtape is a whole barge. Loaded down with that sneeze, we record it, we float it in. It's moving in them streets. The monumental movement got that music for the fiends. Be cautious, this bullshit. Be mindful when you speak. Gotta read between them lines to find what's hidden in these beats. It ain't what you wear, it's what you drive. It ain't what you drive, it's where you park. It ain't where you park, it's where you live. It ain't where you live, it's how you die. It's either how you died or who you kill, nigga, yeah. It ain't what you wear, it's what you drive. It ain't what you drive, it's where you park. It ain't where you park, it's where you live. It ain't where you live, it's how you died. It's either how you died or who you kill. And I used to be that nigga stealing bicycles, young fly nigga, till I die, I stay live nigga, so stressed out, I used to blaze till my eyes little, hella high pimping on the corner with them wild niggas. Get rich or die trying, I got that feeling. I'm so close to a million, and the Lord is my witness. I swear to God, I love her, I'm just bad with commitment. That simply, we smoke till them sandwich bags empty. I burn a joint with jazz, he talk religion. And I ain't attend church in a minute. Lord knows I need to hear this, but I been knock a pie plotting on my paper mission. My hustle game official, I used to hoof like Penny. Was flat broke, no pennies. Had Henny in my system, big money on my mental. Her ass fat as a hippo Girl, what you trying to get into? From a rental to a hoofy to a benzo My nigga, ow It ain't what you wear, it's what you drive It ain't what you drive, it's where you park It ain't where you park, it's where you live It ain't where you live, it's how you die It's either how you die or who you kill, nigga, yeah It ain't what you wear, it's what you drive It ain't what you drive, it's where you park It ain't where you park, it's where you live I hip-hop distribution it's either how you die or who you kill. It's either how you die or who you kill. Where I'm from, niggas trying to move them pills. Niggas push them wheels. One shot, pop in the kills. If you rapping, then I hope you get a deal. Niggas, if it's where you live, I'm in the Ritz. In the mansion upstate, I'm the shit. If it's where you park, I don't park. Ballet parks for me. Team full of shooters on the block that'll spark for me. It ain't what you drive, I get drove Nigga, I'm worldwide across the globe It ain't what you wear, if it was Nigga, I wear Nikes, Polos and Jordans My whole life, and nice 
If you ask me, it's what you smoke. If it ain't strong, get another dose. Ghost. So be careful what you rep. Salute the D block in the jet. What up? It ain't what you wear, it's what you drive. It ain't what you drive, it's where you park. It ain't where you park, it's where you live. It ain't where you live, it's how you die. It's either how you die or who you kill, nigga, yeah. It ain't what you wear, it's what you drive. It ain't what you drive, it's where you park. It ain't where you park, it's where you live. It ain't where you live, it's how you die. It's either how you die or who you kill. Yeah. What up, world? It's your boy, Young Rod, and make sure y'all go cop that new album, The Kenner Loop, featuring Currency Styles, P. Dave V, Smoke Dizzle, and more. Life.